Chapter 14 of In the Bishop's Carriage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Leanne Howlett. In the Bishop's Carriage by Miriam Michelson. Chapter 14. He started as though he couldn't believe his eyes when he saw me. The Lord hath delivered mine enemy into my hand, shown in his evil little face. "'Why, Mr. Tossig!' I cried before he could get his breath. "'How odd to meet you here. Did you find a baby, too?' "'Did I find?' he glared at me. "'I find you. That's enough. Now.' "'But the luncheon was to be at twelve-thirty, I laughed, "'and I haven't changed my dress yet.' "'You'll change it all right for something not so becoming "'if you don't shell out that paper.' "'Paper?' "'Yes, paper. Look here, if you give it back to me this minute, now, I'll not prosecute you for—for—' for... "'For the sake of my reputation?' I suggested softly. "'Yes.' He looked doubtfully at me, mistrusting the amiable deference of my manner. "'That would be awfully good of you,' I murmured. He did not answer, but watched me as though he wasn't sure which way I'd jump the next moment. "'I wonder what could induce you to be so forgiving,' I went on musingly. "'What sort of paper is this you miss? It must be valuable.' "'Yes, it's valuable, all right. Come on now. Quit your fooling and get down to business. I'm going to have that paper.' "'Do you know, Mr. Tossig,' I said impulsively, "'if I were you, and anybody had stolen a valuable paper from me, I'd have him arrested. I would.' I should not care a rap what the public exposure did to his reputation, so long, so long, I grinned right up at him, so long as it didn't hurt me myself in the eyes of the law. Mad? Oh, he was hopping. A German swear word burst from him. I don't know what it meant, but I can imagine. Look here, I give you one more chance, he squeaked. If you don't... What'll you do? I was sure I had him. I was sure from the very whisper in which he had spoken that the last thing in the world he wanted was to have that agreement made public by my arrest. But I tripped up on one thing. I didn't know there was a middle way for a man with money. His manner changed. Nance Olden, he said aloud now, I charge you with stealing a valuable private paper of mine from my desk. Here, Sergeant. I hadn't particularly noticed the sergeant standing at the other door with his back to us, but from the way he came at Tossick's call I knew he'd had a private talk with him, and I knew he'd found the middle way. "'This girl's taken a paper of mine. I want her searched,' Tossick cried. "'Do you mean,' I said, "'that you'll sign your name to such a charge against me?' He didn't answer. He had pulled the sergeant down and was whispering in his ear. I knew what that meant. It meant a special pull and a special way of doing things, and— "'You'll do well, my girl, to give up Mr. Tossick's property to him,' the sergeant said stiffly. "'But what have I got that belongs to him?' I demanded. He grinned and shrugged his big shoulders. "'We've a way of finding out, you know, here. Give it up, or—' "'But what does he say I've taken? What charge is there against me?' Have you the right to search any woman who walks in here? 
"'And what in the world would I want a paper of Tossix for?' "'You won't give it up, then?' He tapped a bell. A woman came in. I had a bad minute there, but it didn't last. It wasn't the matron I'd brought the baby to. "'You'll take this girl into the other room and search her thoroughly. The thing we're looking for—' The sergeant turned to Tossig. "'A small paper,' he said eagerly. "'A—a uh, a contract. Just a single sheet of legal cap paper. It was typewritten and signed by myself and some other gentlemen, and folded twice.' The woman looked at me. She was a bit hard-mouthed, with iron-gray hair, but her eyes looked as though they'd seen a lot and learned not to flinch, though they still felt like it. I knew that kind of look. I'd seen it at the cruelty. "'What an unpleasant job this of yours is,' I said to her, smiling up at her for all the world as that tyke of a baby had smiled at me, and watching her melt just as I had. "'I'll not make it a bit harder. This thing's all a mistake. Which way? I'll come back, Mr. Tossig, to receive your apology, but you can hardly expect me to go to lunch after this.' He growled a wrathful, resenting mouthful, but he looked a bit puzzled just the same. He looked more puzzled yet, even bewildered, when we came back into the main office a quarter of an hour later, the woman and I, and she reported that no paper of any kind had she found. Me? Oh, I was sweet amiability personified with the woman and with the sergeant, who began to backwater furiously. But with Tossig— What? You don't mean to say you're not on, Mag. Oh, dear, dear, it's well you had that beautiful wig of red hair that puts even Carter's in the shade, for you'd never have been a success in—in in other businesses I might name. Bamboozled the woman? Not a bit of it. You can't deceive women with mouths and eyes like that. It was just that I'd had a flash of genius in the minute I heard Tossig's voice, and in spite of my being so sure he wouldn't have me arrested, I'd— Guess, Mag, guess. There was only one way— the baby, of course. And the moment I had, it wasn't long, I'd stoop down, pretending to kiss that cherub good-bye, and in a jiffy I'd pinned that precious paper with a safety pin to the baby's under-petticoat, preferring that risk to—risk? I should say it was. And now it was up to Nance to make good. While Tossig insisted and explained and expostulated and at last walked out with the sergeant, giving me a queer last look that was half-cursing, half-placating, I stood chatting sweetly with the woman who had searched me. I didn't know just how far I might go with her. She knew the paper wasn't on me, and I could see she was disposed to believe I was as nice as she'd have liked me to be. But she'd had a lot of experience, and she knew, as most women do even without experience, that if there's not always fire where there is smoke, it's because somebody's been clever enough and quick enough to cover the blaze. "'Well, good-bye,' I said, putting out my hand. "'It's been disagreeable, but I'm obliged to you for—why, where's my purse? We must have left it.' And I turned to go back into the room where I'd undressed. "'You didn't have any.' The words came clear and cold and positive. Her tone was like an icicle down my back. "'I didn't have any!' I exclaimed. "'Why, I certainly—' You certainly had no purse, for I should have seen it and searched it if you had. Now what do you think of a woman like that? Nancy Olden, I said to myself, more in sorrow than in anger, you've met your match right here. 
when a woman knows a fact and states it with such quiet conviction, without the least unnecessary emphasis and not a superfluous word, where that woman? There's only one game to play to let you hang round here a bit longer and find out what's become of the baby. Play it. I looked at her with respect. It was both real and feigned. Of course, you must be right, I said humbly. I know you wouldn't be likely to make a mistake. But just to convince me, do you mind letting me go back to look? Not at all, she said placidly. If I go with you, there's no reason why you should not look. Oh, Mag, it was hard lines looking. Why? Why, because the place was so bare and so small. There were so few things to move, and it took such a short time, in spite of all I could do and pretend to do, that I was in despair. You must be right, I said at length, looking woefully up at her. Yes, I knew I was, she said steadily. I must have lost it. Yes. There was no hope there. I turned to go. I'll lend you a nickel to get home, if you'll leave me your address she said after a moment. Oh, that admirable woman! She ought to be ruling empires instead of searching thieves. Look at the balance of her, Mag. My best acting hadn't shaken her. She hadn't that fatal curiosity to understand motives that wrecks so many who deal with—we'll call them the temporarily unstraight. She was satisfied just not to let me get ahead of her in the least particular. But she wasn't mean, and she would lend me a nickel— not an emotionally extravagant ten-cent piece, but just a nickel, on the chance that I was what I seemed to be. Oh, I did admire her, but I'd have been more enthusiastic about it if I could have seen my way clear to the baby in the paper. I took the nickel and thanked her, but effusiveness left her unmoved. A wholesome blue-gowned rock with a neat, full-bibbed white apron, that's what she was. And still I lingered. Fancy Nance Olden just heartbroken at being compelled to leave a police station. But there was nothing for it. Go, I had to. My head was a whirl with schemes coming forward with suggestions and being dismissed as unsuitable. My thoughts were flying about at such a dizzy rate while I stood there in the doorway, the woman's patient hand on the knob and her watchful eyes on me, that I actually— Mag, I actually didn't hear the matron's voice the first time she spoke. The second time, though, I turned, so happy I could not keep the tremor out of my voice. "'I thought you had gone long ago,' she said. "'Oh, we were friends, we two. We'd chummed over a baby, which for women is like what taking a drink together is for men. The admirable dragon in the blue dress didn't waver a bit because her superior spoke pleasantly to me. She only watched and listened. "'Which puts you in a difficult position when your name's Nance Olden.' You have to tell the truth. I've been detained, I said with dignity, against my wish. But that's all over. I'm going now. Goodbye. I nodded and caught up my skirt. Oh! I paused, just as the admirable dragon was closing the door on me. Is the baby asleep? I wonder if I might see her once more. My heart was beating like an engine gone mad in spite of my careless tone, and there was a buzzing in my ears that deafened me. But I managed to stand still and listen, and then to walk off, as though it didn't matter in the least to me, while her words came smashing the hope out of me. "'We've sent her with an officer back to the neighborhood where you found her. He'll find out where she belongs, no doubt. Good day.'
End of chapter 14